Paul's recording, so that's all marvellous. Thank you very much. If you want to put yourself on mute just now, that would be brilliant. We'll get going. It's going to be another great time together this morning, sort of worshipping and learning and being together. So that's wonderful. So thanks very much for putting yourself on mute if you're able to. Uh, next week is another physical service. And so uh, just like before, you're going to need to book into uh, the service. It's been me in the past, Joe in the past, but we've got a newcomer for next Sunday. And that's going to be Fiona. She's just trying to do it subtly, just in case you didn't know who she was, obviously. Uh, so if you want to attend next Sunday from today, either text Fiona directly or email her or I don't know if giving her a call is appropriate sometimes. But, you know, get in touch with Fiona directly and she'll be able to sort out uh, all the bookings for next week. Uh, yeah, prayer meeting is this Wednesday, eight o'clock. That's going to be on Zoom still, and there's going to be lots of interaction. So that's going to be lots of goodness and interest and uh, get us going with the things of God. So be there if you can. Eight o'clock on Wednesday. Uh, two more quick notices. Well, one's longer than the other. The end one is always the same, but I will come to that in a moment. Uh, the longer one then is the church council meeting was last Thursday. So everyone who went or sent apologies will have had their minutes by now. But one of the most important announcements that were made that day is that we're having a week of prayer in June because it's good to be desperate to God for God to move in our lives individually and collectively. And we've got to be honest about that. We need God in our lives, don't we? So we want to know God at this moment. We're at a crossroads. And as you will know, if you're there on Thursday, it's a possibility that activities like the luncheon club, the Vickers Tea Party and Sunshine Corner might not be able to restart after the lockdown because of lack of leaders and volunteers at the moment. But we want to listen to God and see, is it possible? Is something else going to happen instead? We don't know. So we're meeting together for uh, a time on when on the Sunday, it'll be the 20th of June. We'll have a prayer service. And then from Monday to Friday, we'll be praying each day for 30 minutes. Twice will be in our building. Twice will be in your homes on Zoom. And the Wednesday will be a walk around the estates like we've done many times before. Different people have been invited to lead on the different days. But it's not just the leaders that we need. It's the people coming to pray and being enthused to pray for the things of God that the Lord would lead us and direct us and show us his favour at the moment. There's a poster about it on our website if you want more details. And tomorrow I'll be putting a poster up outside on our notice board and inside as well. Breakout room is going to be at the end. So stop and chat if you can do. But Jill's going to lead our worship this morning. OK, it's Pentecost Sunday. So today we are remembering when the Holy Spirit came um, in power for the first time onto the first disciples. And um, yeah, it's, it's good to remember that God works in power, that he is not a weak and feeble God, that nothing is too big for him. Um, so let's uh, let's grab hold of that as we uh, sing and as we um join in with the various parts of our service today. Thank you again for everybody who is willing to join in and, and participate in terms of Bible reading or praying or whatever. Um, please do continue to, to, to do that, um, everybody. And if you haven't um, done that as yet, but would like to, then, then shout and say, yes, please, I would like to, to, to do that. Uh, always, always happy for different people to, to join in uh, and be a part of everything that we're doing. But uh, let's pray and then we'll get on with our first video for, for singing. God, thank you for this new day. Thank you that every day we wake up with your Holy Spirit working in power in our lives. God, thank you that the, um, the, the experience of receiving your Holy Spirit is not something that was a, a new thing to us today. Um, that we have been um, able to, to know you and live with you and see you at work in powerful ways um, in many times in the past. And we look forward to many times in the future, too. God, will you come this morning and help us to receive from you all that you want to give us? God, help us to have open ears, open hearts, open lives to be willing to give everything back to you. Amen. 
let's join together. We're going to sing uh, Come People of the Risen King. I thought we'll have some rejoicing to start off with. The sun's come out to, to, to join us as well. Um, let's, uh, let's praise God. I made, O Theophilus, of all that teaches Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times 
all the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Amen. Birthday, everyone. Today we're celebrating the birthday of the church. Today is Pentecost Sunday, as Jill said already. Pentecostos is a Greek word meaning 50th. Jesus' disciples were in Jerusalem and it was very busy because the Jews were celebrating the Feast of Weeks or Shavuot, which is 50 days after Passover. We're looking at miracles in the Bible on Sunday mornings at the moment. It could only be God is the strapline that we're using a lot. And I'm sure for all the episodes we've read about and thought about over the last few weeks, that's definitely what we've thought. And hopefully today, again, we'll be saying it could only be God. A group of men and women had been following Jesus around for around three years. They'd heard him say things that often didn't make sense. He did some miracles like some of the prophets from generations ago had done. Jesus was so different from all the other rabbis they'd heard in their time. Jesus had authority. Jesus changed people, both inside and out. Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was the Son of God. He died on the cross a few weeks before, but then scores of his followers had seen him afterwards. He'd risen from the dead. Now he had gone again. That's what we heard about in the reading. But this time he'd gone to heaven. Just before he left his followers, he gave them some very important information. Again, it could only be God. It seems daft to say it, but God had the foresight to know that without him continuing to help his chosen ones on earth, then things wouldn't work out so well. We know that God is God. But it's positively brilliant, though, that God sent his Holy Spirit. God sent his Holy Spirit so that we could be changed and we could continue in the way he wanted us to be. This morning, we're going to look at two words from the reading in the first short talk and then one syllable from the, another word in the second talk. Wait for the gift. Verse four. I've had many gifts in my life, just like you have, I'm sure. But you have to be intentional in accepting the gift. You take it, you unwrap it, you use it and you treasure it. Although sometimes for me, I put it in the wardrobe for a couple of years before I wear it. But that's that's just me. But we have to take it and treasure it and love it, don't we? You have to be intentional with following Jesus. I'd suggest that it's impossible to have a deep and satisfying relationship with God if we just let it drift. Each day is a new day to put God first and to, and to accept his gift. Epangelia is the Greek word that we use for gift. Literally, it's a promise. That's the word that we can think about, promise, which announces what is fitting or appropriate. So what's the gift that Jesus referred to? We know, don't we, many of us. In John chapter 14, Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would come after he, Jesus, had left them. 2,000 years ago, that Greek word was a legal term that referred to an officially sanctioned promise. 
there's a chap called Walter Kaiser, and he wrote almost every New Testament use of the word promise, epangelia, points back to the Old Testament. There's so many promises for the church in the Old Testament. And Joel 2.28 is one of the promises. I'm sure we could meditate on that, about God pouring his spirit out on all the people. We need God in our lives. Many of us have walked with God for decades. Are we too used to what happens with God? Is it time to be shaken up even more by Jesus? In the coming months, are we expecting God to surprise us again with his love and his faithfulness? Or are we just in a routine with God and we think that's the way it's going to continue for the decades or years or months to come? That's the gift. You will receive power, verse eight. And most of us are really familiar with that Greek word, dynamis. And we get dynamite, dynamo, dynamic from that root. And that's from another Greek word, which means to be able or to have ability. I read a great quote this week. It says, power through God's ability is needed in every scene of life to really grow in sanctification and glorification. Oh, I so love that when I read it. In other words, we need God today for the work that God is doing today to make us holy and the work that God is doing today to make us fit for heaven. That's what sanctification and glorification is all about. We need God today for what's happening today to make us holy for today and to help us to be holy for the future when we get to heaven. If we want to see Nuneaton transformed, we've got to see God transforming us by his Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 in the Living Bible says, but when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power to testify about me with great effect to the people in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth about my death and resurrection. We really need God's anointing and power, don't we? So we can go out and live for God between Sundays. Then I think we can become less shy about God and more shy about ourselves. As God anoints us and gives us the power to speak for him, we're going to start to put God in more conversations in a natural manner and talk less about ourselves. A few months ago, I was really challenged by God about this because when people cold call me about insurance or new phones, I, for the last year or two, I've been taking hold of the conversation and not let them speak. But I've just been asking them about their family and their holidays and what they've got booked and that sort of thing. And at the time, I thought that wasn't being rude, but it was just being OK. But now I think that's as rude as just being disparaging to them directly or just putting the phone down. So I've stopped doing that from the start of this year. When people ring me, I say to them, I know you want to speak to me for a couple of minutes, but if you listen to me for two, for, to speak for two minutes, then I'll listen to you. Is that a deal? And nearly always I say yes. And then I talk about Jesus in a really enthusiastic way because they promised they'll listen to me for two minutes. So I think that's a real gift when people ring me up out of the blue. I'm really prepared to say, do you know that Jesus, I don't go all really weird and use religious language, but I just talk about Jesus because they've rung me up. And then when I've had my two penneth for my two minutes about talking about Jesus and what a difference he's made in my life, then I listen to them and say, oh, thanks very much. I'm not interested in the phone. But are you really interested about following Jesus? I'll follow it up again. So maybe that might be something you want to do. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth that Jesus had told him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. On the day that we celebrate the birth of the church, we can remind ourselves about God's strength and power. We need it, all of us. Let's accept that gift and remind ourselves that God is sufficient for us, but we are certainly insufficient on our own. That could only be God.
In the last talk, we looked briefly at the words gift and power. In the second talk, I'm going to use preacher's license, because if we're following Jesus wholeheartedly, then that decision and stance will cost us. Penta is a Greek word for five. And so we're going to look at five costs. Penta cost. OK, preacher's license. I did tell you it was going to happen, didn't it? So there are five costs I've thought of for following Jesus as Lord. And none of these are long term costs. They're purely costs that we have to count now. You can help me if you like. Cost number one. There you go. Cost number one. Our time is no longer our own. If Jesus is Lord of our lives, then he isn't just Lord at 11 o'clock on a Sunday for an hour. He is also Lord on a Tuesday evening when someone is trying to argue with us. He is also Lord on a Saturday evening when you need to forgive someone for what they've just said. Or when they've said nothing at all, when you've shown them deep, when they should have shown you deep gratitude what, for when you went out of your way to serve them. You can't turn off the call of following Jesus when it suits you. Following Jesus will cost your time. The second cost is our future plans and ambitions are no longer our own. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Matthew 6.33. The Greek word zetio suggests striving and investigating. It's not wishy-washy. It's a strong word. You have to seek God with active enthusiasm and perseverance. Are you putting God front and centre when you are planning your future? That's a definite cost for many of us. The third cost. We have to admit that we can't do everything alone. It's perfectly possible when you're an adult to become used to doing something or most things, everything even, yourself. You have proven skills, resources and your character. We need each other, though. We definitely need God. As a church, we're at a crossroads, like I was saying in the notices. And the whole point of the week of prayer at the end of June is for us to put our focus on God and for us to say, for us to say categorically that we are totally dependent on him. You might remember in 2 Chronicles 20, some strong enemies were coming against the people of Judah. King Jehoshaphat and the people said together, we don't know what don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. There's this author called Erwin McManus, and he wrote, your greatest strength is not when you can prove that you don't need anyone. Your greatest strength when you, is when you no longer have to prove you can do it alone. We can't live our lives for God in our own power and strength. We need God's power. That's another cost to consider. The fourth cost, diminished prestige. On a Monday morning, have you ever asked anyone if they had a good weekend? They might say, yeah, I had a cracking weekend. The highlight was seeing my mum and dad or seeing a relative or going to see the latest James Bond film or having a lie in or having a barbecue. Then they might ask the same question to you. What was the best bit then, John, of your weekend? Oh, it was going to church. Oh, who was getting married then? No, it wasn't a wedding. I go to church every Sunday and it's always the highlight of my weekend. There might be a certain look off that person or maybe a short sentence of disbelief. For most people, going to church isn't something they know about. Perhaps most of us don't say that going to church was a highlighted weekend, though. Perhaps we're too interested in our street cred. That's a cost to count. The fifth cost to following Jesus, if we're honest, is it costs everything. 
Jesus talks about this cost in Luke 14 and in Matthew 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. So why am I talking about costs in a series on the miracles of God? We've been regularly celebrating what God has done and can do in these past few weeks. And we've been regularly using the phrase, it could only be God. This is all true, of course, because the fundamental point of Christianity is that God made salvation and restoration possible. He has paid our impossible debt. God has made, has met the cost. But what's our reaction to this? Only applauding God and saying, oh, thank you, God, you've done it all. That's not enough. Singing songs of praise to God is not enough. It's easy to do those things, but it's not sufficient. Do you remember how King David, when he was given some things to sacrifice to God, said in 2 Samuel 24, verse 24, I will not sacrifice to God that which has cost me nothing. If you use the words, it could only be God, then our actions must be one, total surrender to God. We must respond to the brilliance and love of God by completing everything that we have. Our ambitions, our independence. The disciples didn't respond to God's incredible love on the day of Pentecost by having a sing song and then telling Peter after 3,000 people had got saved. That was a good sermon, Peter. Well done. See you next week. How often do people say that? Reading through Acts, you can see the lives of the followers of Jesus were changed. They accepted the gift from God and then saw God's power at work in their lives. As Jesus said, they didn't stay in Jerusalem, but went to Samaria and then to Europe, Asia and Northern Africa. Some were killed. Many faced different persecutions. Most of these followers of Jesus said it could only be God. And then they took up the cross of Jesus and followed him. Before Pentecost, the disciples and other followers of Jesus were given a promise. You will be given a gift of power to live for me. After Pentecost, there was a definite cost to following Jesus, which meant that they definitely needed that gift of power in order to follow Jesus. God knew what would happen. That could only be God. Today, if we're to be effective and loyal to Jesus, then we need the Holy Spirit in our lives too. We need to accept the continued gift of power and love from him. But we also need to accept the cost that following Jesus will entail. Are you ready to accept both? Lord, in our lives, we thank you for your gift of power and love, the promise of the Holy Spirit to lead us, to help us, to give us the power to fulfil your words and your gifts for us. We're aware of the cost that this takes as well. Lord, please find us faithful and loyal to your ways and to your words. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, could I just drop on you now? Sorry to um, I thought we could just uh, have a, a moment to, to listen to God and just to hear. I know you've just listed out five costs um, and I can remember the first one and the last one. Um, so could you just um, give us those five costs again um, so that we can just hear from God which one is, is the one um, or two or three, I don't know, maybe you can take on a lot more from God than I can. God normally deals with me one thing at a time. Um, 
and just hear what it is he's, he's trying to point out uh, for us so that we can be aware, so that we can respond, so that we can try and take on board where we need to recognise and accept the cost and where we need to recognise and accept the power um, that John's just been talking about. Is that okay? Sorry, can you just yeah. list them out? Thank the you. first cost, our time is no longer our own. The second cost, our future plans and ambitions are no longer our own. The third cost, we can't do everything alone. The fourth cost, diminished prestige. The fifth cost, everything. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. Brilliant, thank you very much. Let's just take a moment now then to, um, to listen and, and just, yeah, come before God to say, which one or two or three or four or all five um, is it that you, you're wanting to just lay on um, our individual hearts at the moment? Thank you. We'll just take a minute. God, we look to you, we say thank you that you have given us the power to do everything that you've asked us to do. Lord, as we submit again to you, as we come before you again, Lord, will you continue to use your power in our lives to bring you glory and to do the works that you've prepared for us to do. Thank you, God, that you don't call us to do things without equipping us. So, Lord, we want to just give you again everything that we are, because it's all yours anyway. Lord, have your way in and through us, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We're going to respond now with a couple of songs as well. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, let's let's sing and, and give our response back to God. Uh, let's give it all to him. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. 
your holy presence living in me. This is my daily bread. This is my daily bread. Your very word. Lean on the everlasting arms. 
Lean on the everlasting arms. Lean on the everlasting arms. And now let us pray together. Following on from that last song, we want to give thanks that you, God, are still in control of your world. And despite everything that is going on around us, we can trust you to know the bigger picture. And whilst we see only in part, you see everything and know the end from the beginning. Remembering this, we for NCF. Which, as John said at the council meeting in the game day, is now at a crossroads. And we pray for your help and guidance as we gather to pray in June to seek your will going forward. And that you have always provided for our needs. We pray for John and Jill as they continue to lead us in these difficult times. That they might be strengthened through the Holy Spirit and know his hand upon their ministry, that they would lead us to the place where God wants us to be. We also pray for the other church leaders in the Neaton and Bedworth, that they might be encouraged and strengthened as we come through this unprecedented time and look forward to a new and exciting future. We pray also for the national leadership teams of the various denominations, that they might know God's wisdom and discernment as they look for the way forward. We pray especially for Chris Cartwright and the national leadership team of Elim. We pray for the wider world and give thanks that the ceasefire between Israel and the Palestinians is holding and that a diplomatic rather than a violent solution might be found. We also pray for those countries that are suffering war, civil unrest and poverty, that the leaders of the various nations would see the futility of it and concentrate on putting things right rather than their own personal gain. And finally, we pray for our NCF family, and particularly for those who are not so good at the moment. We pray for Kath and Andre, for Lynn, and for Robert, Angela and Megan, for Margaret Moffat, and for any others that we are aware of not mentioned, that they may know God's presence in a real way, feeling his arms surrounding and upholding them and his healing touch as he looks after them in his time and in his way. We pray all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Brilliant. Thank you, Paul. We're going to sing some more now with some more videos. So uh, get your, your, your lungs, vocals ready. Let's... Uh, Let's sing some more amazing truth and, and brilliant things to encourage our hearts. That's what that's why we sing. It, it's a good for us and it encourages us and helps to build our faith and, and, you know, build our relationship with God. We don't just do it because, it, you know, it's a nice thing to do or somebody else likes it. It's a good thing. It says in the Bible, sing. So, yeah, let's do it.
dined with sinners and saints, healed the blind, the lost, and the lame. Even now he is in.
fulfilled the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt praise the father praise the son praise the spirit three in one god of glory majesty praise As you will know if you went to house group on Monday my new favorite prayer in the Bible and it's brilliant to be prayed over everybody so accept this take it believe it you know God's gonna answer this prayer for you and I'm, I'm stealing Paul's prayer I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand 
in the heavenly realms. Amen. Amen. Amen.